0: kindergarten 1922 to 23 age 6 7 in 1920 when i was still only 3 my mother's eldest child my own sister astri died from appendicitis she was 7 years old when she died which was also the age of my eldest my own eldest daughter olivia when she died from measles 42 years later astri was far and away my father's favorite he adored her beyond measure and her sudden death left him literally speechless for days afterwards He was so overwhelmed with grief that when he himself went down with pneumonia a month or so afterwards, he did not much care whether he lived or died. If they had had penicillin in those days, neither appendicitis nor pneumonia would have been so much of a threat, but with no penicillin or any other magical antibiotic cures, pneumonia in particular was a very dangerous illness indeed. The pneumonia patient on about the fourth or fifth day would invariably reach what was known as the crisis. The temperature soared and the pulse became rapid. The patient had to fight to survive. My father refused to fight. He was thinking, I am quite sure, of his beloved daughter, and he was wanting to join her in heaven. So he died. He was 57 years old. My mother had now lost a daughter and a husband all in the space of a few weeks. Heaven knows what it must have felt like to be hit with a double catastrophe like this. Here she was, a young Norwegian in a foreign land, Suddenly having to face all alone the very gravest problems and responsibilities, she had five children to look after, three of her own and two by her husband's first wife. And to make matters worse, she herself was expecting another baby in two months' time. A less courageous woman would almost certainly have sold the house and packed her bags and headed straight back to Norway with the children. Over there in her own country, she had her mother and father willing and waiting to help her, as well as her two unmarried sisters. But she refused to take the easy way out. Her husband had always stated most emphatically that he wished all his children to be educated in English schools. They were the best in the world, he used to say, better by far than the Norwegian ones, better even than the Welsh ones, despite the fact that he lived in Wales and had his business there. He maintained that there was some kind of magic about English schooling and that the education it provided had caused the inhabitants of a small island to become a great nation and a great empire and to produce the world's greatest literature, "'No child of mine,' he kept saying, "'is going to school anywhere else but in England. "'My mother was determined to carry out the wishes of her dead husband. "'To accomplish this, she would have to move house from Wales to England, "'but she wasn't ready for that yet. "'She must stay here in Wales for a while longer, "'where she knew people who could help her and advise her, "'especially her husband's great friend and partner, Mr. Anderson. "'But even if she wasn't leaving Wales quite yet, "'it was essential that she moved to a smaller and more manageable house.' She had enough children to look after without having to bother about a farm as well. So as soon as her fifth child, another daughter, was born, she sold the big house and moved to a smaller one a few miles away in Landaff. It was called Cumberland Lodge, and it was nothing more than a pleasant, medium-sized suburban villa. So it was in Landaff two years later, when I was six years old, that I went to my first school. The school was a kindergarten run by two sisters, Mrs. Corfield and Miss Tucker, and it was called Elm Tree House. It is astonishing how little one remembers about one's life before the age of seven or eight. I can tell you all sorts of things that happened to me from eight onwards, but only a very few before that. I went for a whole year to Elm House, but I cannot even remember what my classroom looked like, nor can I picture the faces of Mrs. Corfield or Miss Tucker, although I am sure they were sweet and smiling. I do have a blurred memory of sitting on the stairs and trying over and over again to tie one of my shoelaces, but that is all that comes back to me at this distance of school itself. On the other hand, I can remember very clearly the journeys I made to and from the school because they were so tremendously exciting. Great excitement is probably the only thing that really interests a six-year-old boy and it sticks in his mind. In my case, the excitement centered around my new tricycle. I rode to school on it every day with my eldest sister riding on hers. No grown-ups came with us and I can remember oh so vividly how the two of us used to go racing at enormous tricycle speeds up or down the middle of the road and then, most glorious of all, when we came to a corner, We would lean to one side and take it on two wheels. All this you must realize was in the good old days when the sight of a motor car on the street was an event, and it was quite safe for tiny children to go tricycling and whooping their way to school in the center of the highway. So much then for my memories of kindergarten 62 years ago. It's not much, but it's all there is left.